this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week in the studio, Gabe Gloden. He's the managing director of the Cardinal Stage Company. Gabe, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks for having me, Mike. We just did 10 weeks of politics <laughs> on Big Talk. Are we going to talk any politics? <laughs> if you think theater and nonprofit management is inherently political, uh, th- we just that was the sound of everyone turning off their dial just now. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope they like the palate cleanser that we're going to provide them. <laughs> Cardinal Stage Company has been in existence about 13 years. Correct. You've got quite a resume when it comes to managing theaters and other kinds mm-hmm. of entities. That's what I've devoted my life to. I really love the arts and culture sector, particularly the nonprofit arts and culture sector. I still think it has a lot of value, especially locally to communities. Um, you know, Netflix and, you know, mainstream Marvel Avengers movies, those are all great uh, contributions to arts and culture in our world. But I do think that locally it's really great to have experiences outside of your doors in your community. And it's just a great way to meet people and engage in the community in a uh, really organic and fun way. I think uh, introducing new audiences to arts and cultural experiences uh, like live professional theaters something that's inherently valuable, especially for small markets like ours. Nonprofit theater, is there such a thing as for-profit theater? And where is that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Nonprofit uh, professional theater is really pretty new, actually, in this country. uh, The first big regional not-for-profit theater companies started to kind of come into existence um, in the middle of last century, so Mm. in the 50s and 60s. And it was a way to bring the Broadway for-profit theater experience to these flyover communities. And so you have big theaters like Actors Theater of Louisville, uh, Indiana Repertory Theater, which are kind of the two largest regionals that we're kind of sandwiched in between here in Bloomington. Um, Those kind of came out of that kind of movement. And um, the reason why they adopted that nonprofit structure, really simple. Uh, uh, Folks that live in these communities can't afford those big Broadway ticket prices. And yet the costs of producing professional theater are are pretty similar with the exception of uh, uh, occupancy rental rates or brick and mortar. I mean, when it comes to personnel, and, um, and and materials, those types of things that go into a big theatrical production, those are pretty static across the country in a lot of ways. And so in order to make those ticket prices affordable for these flyover communities, you got to be able to raise money in that nonprofit structure, that incentive that you're able to provide a donor, that tax deductibility of their donation. It's really important in order to be able to operate at that level. So, so that's kind of the difference. The for-profit theaters, which you really associate with the big production houses out there in, in New York and yeah. in, in, in some other parts of the country, but mostly Broadway. Um, that's really, uh, I mean, that's bottom line driven. You don't see a lot of for-profit producing theaters where they're producing theater year round. They're really focused on the, you have producers that are focused on raising money to get a big show up and running and have it make as much money as possible immediately. So, And you're talking maybe tens of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because some of those productions are huge and complicated. But are you implying to me that if I go to the Cardinal Stage Company, 
I'll see a cheap set. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. A lot of people don't don't realize, I think, uh, how much it costs to produce at at, at Cardinal and the professional level. Uh, you know, I think we we kind of equate the ticket with the value of the of the production itself. I, I want everyone that walks into uh, any kind of theatrical experience that purports to be professional to see a set that looks like it could be torn right off off-Broadway or on-Broadway. And I think we do provide, and at least we've heard from our patrons, that we're providing them with an experience that's very similar to Broadway, and in some cases better, because... You know, those Broadway tours that come come around every once in a while, like sometimes you get, if it's a show that's been running for years and years, you're kind of getting the C or the D League actors that they've got out there that they've kind of tossed together pretty quickly. And at Cardinal, what you're getting is like a homegrown experience where we put a lot of thought into not only the casting, but how is this particular production of this show going to be the most relevant to this very specific community in Bloomington, Indiana. And so that's what we, we have, a, we have a, a, a tagline now that we've been using a lot that I think really gets to the heart of the value of locally produced professional theater. It's world-class theater locally crafted. I think mm. we think of our brand in the same way that, you know, to use another Cardinal brand, Cardinal Spirits does, yeah. or Upland Brewer, you know, these craft uh, creators where like these beverages, the this products that they're producing, um, they are not only of incredibly high quality, but we're also proud of them because they're made locally here. So I think we've hit on a new tagline, craft theater. Mm -hmm. uh, but there I was, like it. But, but wait, there was something called the craft theater. K-R-A-F-T. <laughs> You're right. The, uh, the brand yes. name, the food company, uh, actually <laughs> sponsored a theater on television. Yeah, that's right. In any case... <laughs> People can afford to go to see your stuff. I hope so. And we, we we just did a big audience survey. We had the largest sample size that we've ever received from one of our surveys this past uh, January. It was right after our big holiday show. And we received over 1,100 responses. And mm. one of the things we asked them was, you know, do you find our ticket prices affordable? And I'm happy to say that the vast majority of respondents said, yes, uh, they're, they're affordable or somewhat affordable. Mm -hmm. But we always get people that think our ticket prices are a little too high. What I, what I have to tell, to those, uh, tell those people is not only are ticket costs only going to cover half of what it is that we produce, but, you know, we, we really do try to choose uh, productions that we know we can do as affordably as possible so we can keep those ticket prices low. But it ain't cheap. And we have a program uh, that I always like to tell people that say that they can't afford our ticket prices. It's the Community Access Ticket Initiative. That program has been available for the last five years now. And anyone that can't uh, afford one of our tickets for any reason whatsoever, um, they can call up and they can request it and we provide them with tickets, no questions asked to any of our productions. We have sponsors and donors that actually support that initiative every year. You've got a history of doing things like that. Uh, for instance, the job right before the Cardinal. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see, you yep. started at the Cardinal... In Late about, 2016. Yeah, 820. So for, <coughs> for a Excuse year, me. you uh, spent some time out in Idaho. Mm -hmm. The Boise Contemporary Theater, mm -hmm. you there were the managing director mm -hmm. as well. And you had started at Boise a, a similar type program. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think you're going to explain mm -hmm. it to me right now. The buddy system. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. So that buddy system is actually inspired by a program that we started in at the Bloomington Playwrights Project, which is where I started after uh, graduate school, and it's another local professional company. Mm -hmm. um, they had a program called uh, Subscribe It Forward um, that I created with Chad, the artistic director there, and it's a it's essentially a program to uh, Chad Rabinovich. Yes, correct. Okay. Have you talked to Chad? I've had him on this show. Good. He's a he's a good he's always a fun fun time. Uh but that you, you guys aren't rivals or anything? There aren't no. any fist fights about the No, we we uh we we love and respect each other. Uh it's you know, theater is such a small professional community. Yeah. You you kinda have to get along like and, <laughs> or else. Uh, exactly. And I don't and I never I tell this people this all the time, like our competition is on other theater companies, our competition's the couch. Uh, that's uh -huh. what we got to get up. There's we the get, idea. We got to get people off the couch. And honestly, one new ticket buyer to the Bloomington Playwrights Project or IU Auditorium to me is a win for Cardinal Stage. It means yeah. one new potential customer that's going to get hooked on the live theater experience. Right. So, um, so, so, this, yes. so this started at BPP. It did, yep. So uh, it was a version of this started at BPP called Subscribe It Forward. And essentially we were empowering our uh, season ticket holders, the folks that buy a uh, package to our season um, and come see all of our shows to essentially give away a free complimentary ticket package to someone who had not been a subscriber, a season ticket holder in the past. And so this buddy system that we introduced at the BCT was a version of uh, BCT, meaning Boise Contemporary Theater. I always uh, those two acronyms are really confusing wow. yeah. in this town. In this town, but Boise Contemporary uh, that was a new um, concept. When I started there, they were really um, like uh, when Chad and I started the BPP. They were really suffering from audience development issues. The same old people. Same old people. Yeah. You know, we weren't really you know encouraging them to bring new people to experience what it is we're doing and of course at uh, the Bloomington Playwrights Project and at Boise Contemporary Theater you're dealing with contemporary plays that aren't inherently known quantities so uh -huh. a lot of new stuff and for people to you know take that risk on something new that's that's a really challenging especially in 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 flyover parts of the country where it's it's not a, a traditional thing where you go and experience new edgy theater so uh we empowered them to give away uh, a ticket package and, and and then and you know the result of that is that they have uh someone or a couple another couple to come with them to the theater throughout the year and they can actually experience it together. You start to grow the number of people in the theater at the same time together. And when you have more people coming to the theater together, that means you have more people to talk about the theatrical experience with after they see the show. I know my favorite part of going to see theater is talking about it to my friends and my wife after I go see a show. I absolutely start to appreciate it more. Mm. Um, we just had, we saw an amazing show down at the Humana Festival of New Plays at the Actors Theater in Louisville recently. And um, I saw a play that I really, I, I know I liked when I saw it and I was like, I think that's a really good play. And my wife was cued in. Emily was totally, she knew exactly why that play was powerful. And when she, we started talking about it afterwards, I appreciated it so much more. And I really think that that's an important part of the theater experience is that being able to engage with the uh, people that you see it with afterwards in a meaningful way. So the buddy system, Subscribe It Forward, has been a really successful program for both of those theaters. They're still uh, using it at Boise Contemporary to this day to continue to build that um, audience. What's great is the folks that get that package, complimentary package, the next season, 
They can become a paid season ticket holder, and they can give their own complimentary package to another friend of theirs. And you just continue to build that base of of support. Now, you mentioned Emily Goodson, your Mm -hmm. wife. She is an actor and a playwright. Yes. We've had her on this show. Yes. How did you kids meet? Well, we met in theater like a total cliche. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she was uh, back uh, back when I started at the BPP, we had something called the Ensemble of Artists there. Um, and it was a group of local uh, actors, playwrights, technicians that were uh, committed to not only working on the productions, but also serving as volunteers because at that time we're a really small staff. Emily started in 2007 on the ensemble, right around the time that I was uh, stepping on as managing director there. You know, we didn't really like each other at first. I think a lot of theater people, these are such big personalities. Like, uh, it's easy to butt heads immediately with someone <laughs> if, uh, if you just get the wrong vibe from someone. But eventually, we, we got to know each other and, and fell in love and started a family together. I think that for Emily uh, and I, like, I, I, I just, I'm so in awe of her uh, as an artist, as a theater artist. Um, she's definitely the talent in the family. And I'm just really proud that I'm able to uh, ex- experience, you know, the flow of her creative ideas from like the genesis of something that she comes up with to actually seeing all the hard work that she puts in to get that idea on the page and then on the stage. Um, she's just one of the hardest working people I know and also really talented too. I'm just. I found her to be as quick as can be. Mm-hmm. And she almost reminds me of a comedy improviser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's good like that. She's got a she's she's multi-talented. Okay. She's on stage, you're not. Yes. Do you want to be? Yes. So I used to I used to do some acting at the BPP way uh-huh. back in the day. That's how I got into theater was acting with small companies like the BPP. Uh, I worked for a, a small New Works Theater in Columbus, Ohio, when I lived there right after undergrad called Mad Lab, and I uh, loved working there. I acted on stage. I also did some volunteer work for them, kind of like every small company uh, needs needs their artists to do. And, and that's how I fell in love with, with theater. Um, the administration side really came out of me becoming more fascinated and interested in that side of what it takes to get a show up and running in front of an audience. And that's why I kind of ended up just, you know, specializing in that. I I think that it's uh, also a great opportunity just to spend as much possible time as I can around creative types that mm-hmm. are really open-minded, that it just it just keeps me engaged and, um, and going every day. Um, it's but its own world. It is, it is. And, you know, technically I, I do have to get on stage for a good chunk of the performances and give that curtain speech before oh, every yeah. show. Yeah. So I still get to be on stage. Uh, I just don't get the applause that the cast does at the end of the night. So. Hey, by the way, where is Cardinal Stage mm-hmm. Company? Great question. A lot of people don't know this because yep. we, we use uh, the Waldron Arts Center and the Buskirk Chumley Theater as our uh, primary venues, but our administrative uh, offices and our shop space is actually on 900 South Walnut. So it's uh, right there when uh, where Walnut and College converge on the right. south side of town. We're in an old limestone building built in the 20s. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a funky old building. Um, not, not the greatest place 
uh, for us in terms of meeting all of our operational needs, but yeah. it's been good to us over the last seven years. Now, theater lovers aren't going to pay money to come see you <laughs> sitting behind your desk. I hope not. So that you, you have a headquarters, <laughs> but there is no home theater yes correct so yeah. yeah we and what and i think so you have to rent someplace we do we okay. do and you know actually this is one of the things that um really surprised me when i when i came back to bloomington to work for cardinal i knew cardinal didn't have a home theater um but we did a, a series of focus groups surrounding our the adoption of our strategic plan just recently uh with a number of different stakeholders uh patrons donors uh the um government uh corporate supporters all of those folks we got into uh rooms and asked them you know what do they like about cardinal stage and what do they want to see cardinal stage do going forward and one of the things we heard that i thought was so uh, really enlightening was that they really like that we are a theater that produces work in different venues around town, that we use the Rose Fire Bay Theater here, which is right on the other side of this wall here. Mm-hmm. We use the auditorium, use Buskirk Chumley. So if they buy a season ticket package to Cardinal, they're going to experience not only a v- wide variety of of, uh, uh, of plays and musicals, but they're also going to experience a wide variety of venue. And so that was really, I was like, you know what, that's, that is a benefit of Cardinal Stage, huh. that we get to, we and, and that we're supporting, in a way, our venue partners by, you know, being um, consistent and, we hope, really good tenants of their facilities. You know, no, I don't think anyone would deny that if it weren't for um, that like three of our key public stakeholders, Cardinal Stage wouldn't exist. We wouldn't exist if it weren't for the amazing resources that Indiana University provides us with the talent that they bring into this community that's so incredible. We wouldn't exist if it weren't for the city of Bloomington and the for- and BCT management and the foresight that they had to save the Buskirk Chumley Theater and turn it into the amazing downtown mm-hmm. uh, performing arts center that it is today. And, of course, Ivy Tech uh, Community College and, and what they've been able to accomplish with the Waldron Arts Center and being able to maintain that as a community arts space. We're so grateful for their support, and we simply wouldn't be doing as quality theater as we would if we had to build our own theater and all the pitfalls of managing a space. You know, we really like that we get to just focus on really good theater. But if somehow a venue fell into your lap... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to turn it down. I would, yeah, of course. Uh, everyone has that dream. All the, all the, all the theater administrators I know, like they, they all have that dream that like there's going to be that, you know, angel donor that's just going to yeah, be yeah. like, here's every, here's a here's, building, here's a building, here's all our, money. And, and you know, here's a, a trust to like, you know, maintain it and upgrade yeah. it in perpetuity, and, uh, and that would be amazing. And, and you know what, I do think that Bloomington deserves that. I think Bloomington deserves a world class performing arts facility that's affordable uh and 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 easy to maintain it absolutely does and uh we does need that it. exist anywhere in it, the world it, it, you know sake. what it's it's uh it, in some communities it does oh. uh but it's uh they're usually much larger uh, markets and you know with really robust you know corporate and 
mm-hmm. public sectors, and you know we're still a, a small a small town at the heart of it. So I think we're really grateful for the resources that we have. You know, I certainly I look at other Big Ten you know uh, college towns, and they don't have what we have here in terms of the performing arts. I mean, you look at Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they don't have a professional theater company like Cardinal Stage there. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a they don't have a Bloomington Playwrights Project. They don't have a Jewish Theater of Bloomington there. There are some amazing arts organizations there, but they're really all operating in the shadow of the university. What I love about Bloomington is that we have this arts and culture sector that operates independent of the university that really is its own force to be reckoned with. But still cooperates. Absolutely. And benefits from the university. Like I said, we wouldn't exist without the resources the university provides us, and we're really grateful. Now, you have said you you had the acting bug early on, yet (laughs) when you went to college, you went to Ohio University. Telecommunications and journalism. Mm-hmm. Journalism. Yeah, I know. Broadcast journalism too. Oh boy. Yeah, I actually, Michael, I really thought I'd be sitting in in, in your seat when I professor. Uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, grilling I, me, making <laughs> me sweat. I loved. Uh, I loved. Uh, I loved broadcast journalism. I loved uh, television news. This is pre-cable news. Yeah. So I'm growing up. I watched. You know. Uh, the nightly news every night. Uh, I right. love. I you know six o'clock or so. Yeah, I, I PBS News Hour. Yeah, yeah, six o'clock. I, yeah. I loved it, and I loved. Uh, I love. I loved uh, walking away feeling like uh, I, I. I learned more. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to. You get to experience. You know the. That was the time when I feel like there was. You know, there still uh, was investigative journalism happening. Yeah. You know. And then the cable news, like that, the rise of cable news uh, came into being around, you know, the turn of the millennium into the early aughts. And uh, I just quickly got disillusioned with broadcast journalism. Wow. Uh, yeah, I really All did. All that money down the drain. <laughs> uh, what, what it did provide me, though, with is, is that I, you know, I, I got to, I, I learned how to be a better public speaker, how to, huh. you know, I, I worked on my radio and TV voice yep. and, you know, started to uh, become my, what I think is a better communicator. So it really did serve me well when I made my transition to arts and theater. I wish I'd be getting the paycheck that I probably would have been getting <laughs> if I'd gone into like mainstream broadcast journalism. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big trade off. I like what I do. And I, you know, I, and, and it was, it was a great experience uh you know and and it's still a good it's still a really good school a really good program there at ohio university you came to bloomington indiana Mm -hmm. to study at Mm -hmm. the indiana university school of public Mm -hmm. and environmental affairs spia you've got a master's in public affairs yeah yeah why the bug that i got uh bit by after undergrad in addition to theater was was nonprofit management and i was uh uh-huh. i worked in the uh i worked as an americorps volunteer after uh-huh. undergrad for, for two years in columbus ohio uh-huh mm-hmm. i worked for an organization that was managed a network of community technology centers this was back when uh the digital divide i don't know if you remember that issue was yes. kind of a hot button issue the the um bro- uh, broadband internet of uh, access um, in the rural communities, uh, especially in Ohio, is really limited, and everyone was talking about the digital haves and haves nots, have nots, and how that was going to kind of perpetuate economic. Uh, what's the word? 
Disparity. Disparity, thank you. And so I worked for that organization for two years, really loved what they did. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I have a lot more to learn when it comes to nonprofit management. I think I want to pursue a career in it. And I knew I wanted to work with an organization that provided some type of social service or was advocacy-based in some way. And so that's when I came to IU to, to enter that program. That's really what I thought my trajectory was. Theater was still a hobby. Yeah. And when I got to IU and um, I started taking my classes, I was actually looking for other things to do with my time uh, in addition to my work-study position. Um, and I found the Bloomington Playwrights Project. It was really the only theater independent of the university at the time that was like operating a a full uh, season in their own um, theatrical space there. And they mm -hmm. just moved into their space on right. 9th Street and um, started uh, volunteering for them and was immediately was like, you know what, if I could make theater administration work, I think I'd be pretty okay at it. And uh, thankfully, a, a, a position opened up at the BPP, and I jumped on it. And um, I'm really grateful for uh, for that because I don't think I would have I would be uh, in theater today if I hadn't had been given that opportunity by the fine folks at the BPP at the time. You've also worked for Wayne State University Press. Correct. You were the development and community engagement director. It's mm -hmm. a it's a book publisher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. it's a well-recognized, awarded book publisher. Yes. What's the big deal with Wayne State University Press? They were the Wayne State Press is really, uh, really cool. Uh, university Press, you know, you, the university press system. We have an amazing university press here at uh -huh. IU. What's really cool about the university press? ecosystem is that they all kind of have to fill because they're small publishers they have to fill their own kind of niche and um, Wayne State Press was really exciting to me because their niche was in um, Detroit books and books on South uh, Eastern Michigan in the re in the broader Great Lakes region yeah and um, my whole extended family is all from Michigan from southeastern Michigan area I grew up in Toledo Ohio which is Northwest Ohio and essentially a suburb of Detroit and um, yeah, I just have a really strong affinity for that region. Um, loved going to Detroit and seeing shows when I was younger, going to sporting events and everything. And I I was really, I was looking for a change from, uh, I'd been at the BPP for seven years. I felt like I'd given everything I could to that organization up to that point. I was look, we were looking, Emily and I, for a big change. And um, we wanted to move somewhere that was exciting and was very different from Bloomington. Uh, and we sure picked a place that is different from Bloomington. Now, um, you have called your time away from Bloomington a walkabout. Yeah, this is kind of speaks to the uh, whole bloomerang kind of concept. Uh -huh. You know, we when we I left... I see a theme here, yeah. <laughs> what, I think what we realized is on our little walkabout, um, where we went to, you know, moved to Detroit and then to Boise and then came back to Bloomington on that, that time away, um, we love those uh, those places, love the people that we met there and engaged with. Um, but I think we really kind of felt the pull back to this place. I think because um, I think it was so formative for Emily and I in terms of, you know, not only our creative lives, but our personal lives. Emily's a townie too, so mm -hmm. our, our in-laws live here and um, we really love the idea about being back there. And it's just been a, it's really, you know, you take it for granted when you're here. But it's such a supportive community, especially the arts and culture community is incredibly supportive. Um, and uh, I knew that Emily and I could be, we could be successful. We could accomplish what we want to accomplish um, in our professional careers here in Bloomington. And I think that we have something that 
can be of value to the community here. And so we decided to, to return to Bloomington on a little walkabout. But we came back, I think, walkabout style. Different people, stronger uh-huh, people. Yeah. La, 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 la. We've run out of time, so join us Monday for Big Talk Extra during the 5 p.m. daily local news for more of this conversation. It's Gabe Gloden, Managing Director of the Cardinal Stage Company. Gabe, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me, Mike.